Welcome to the Coaching for Leaders podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host Dave Shep. Today we're going to be covering a range of topics on leadership, life purpose, goals, and what you're doing in your life to be happy. I'm a business coach, life coach, and I got a bit of woo-woo in me. I've been creating leaders for over 25 years, and I hope that this show inspires you to bring out your hidden potential and empowers you to live your passion. Let's go ahead and start today's show. And welcome everyone to today's episode. I am so excited for my guest today. She has written an incredible book that I just can't seem to get enough of with, with every, everything that I've been doing. It, it's been really amazing. So I want to welcome Lisa Campion to my show today. And Lisa wrote a book called Energy Healing for Empaths. And her and I were just talking uh, right before the, I started recording. And, and I was like, you know, what did you do? You wrote this book for me. Get out of my head. You know, it, it was so interesting um, of how this book really digs in to everything that an empath feels, everything that we're going through. And not only does she discuss it, but she talks about ways to help us and ways to come out of certain situations and ways to become stronger. So Lisa, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Dave, for having me on the show. And I'm so excited to be here and to be with you and to keep the conversation going because I do think um, it's a good one. and sorry, it's my cat. Yes, she's, been okay. every, she's, been every, she's been on every Zoom, Zoom thing I've ever done. But. Pets are allowed on our show. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me today. It's it's great to be here with you. No, that's awesome. Um, y- your book, it it just it, it's so incredible because you, you you just you talk about so many different things with um, what what we go through, what what it, mm-hmm. what an FF goes through, what what you're feeling, and you you've devised ways and come up with ways and, and you've used terminology that that really hits home mm-hmm. um and and what was the inspiration for for doing this i mean i know it because i read the book but for someone who hasn't read the book yet can you tell us the inspiration and what what it was well sure you know because i i grew up um like you did well in the 70s and 80s i grew up um really as a psychic person a psychic child deeply psychic and one of those like i see dead people psychics you know and um and along with the psychic ability which was super challenging so i had two two strong gifts psychic ability and a, a visual psychic and this empath nature you know and back when i was growing up i grew up in you know the 70s and 80s just outside boston there were, there were no, no, nobody was talking about this. There were no psychics on TV, no podcasts with Dave, no new age bookstores, no, nothing. Like, in fact, I had, I knew that I had to be really quiet about it because I didn't want to end up like, you know, like in a mental hospital, you know, where if you say you're this sensitive and you, you know, people who talk, talk to angels and, and say they see dead uncle Fred end up, you know, in not in a good place. So I knew that I spent a lot of time just trying to pretend to be normal <laughs> in public. And, and I got pretty good at that, sort of okay about it. But I, I, it gave me this kind of quest to figure out what was happening for me, like what my experiences were both as a psychic and as an empath. And I, it was so painful, honestly, and so challenging um, that I, I really had to learn everything school of hard knocks. And then I felt, I felt very motivated to help other people, you know, like people like you and um, and all the empaths who just feel like they're crazy, who feel like they're too sensitive, who've been shamed or told there's something wrong with them. Um, and, you know, like get it, you know, we're too sensitive, we're too this, we're too that. And and I 
don't feel like it has to be that way. I feel like we have an incredible gift that we're really important in the world, that this is our time, that more and more impacts are on the planet now, right now because we are old souls who are here to make the world a better place. And so many of us, are, our gifts are opening because the world needs all the healers it can get now more than ever, right, Dave? Like we're, we're opening, we're in this consciousness shift. And um, people, we're, we are the healers of the world where we are meant to, to help. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of need for that help in this moment. So like I get really excited about training. I feel like my gift is to train psychics, healers, and empaths to fully step into their gifts, to be fully empowered, fully plugged in, to what they're meant to do so so that you can go out and save the world like you're doing Dave you know you can go out and um, I love sort of the ripple effect as I help people do that you know you're now becoming more and more empowered um, as an empath as a healer as a coach you're going to go think about all the people you're going to impact and change and then all the people they're going to impact and change and I I see it as like this ripple this ripple effect like I want to create an army of healers that um, can go out into the world and and do the work that we came here to do. And empaths are such a strong part of that. Yeah, it, 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 it's amazing because I come, you know, for, for me personally, in my, my growth and my development um, as a man, um, coming mm-hmm. into a very, dom- it's, it's a very female dominated um, area with, 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 yeah. with this in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, I'm opening up a healing center um, currently and it just opened this week and there are two two men and six women <laughs> so we are highly out, we are highly outnumbered and about 90 percent of our clientele uh is women um and it, it's just in the the empath that they're coming in and i think what it is is there are a lot more men out there but i think men don't don't express it or don't um they they bury this part of themselves because i know i know for me i get called you know oh you're too emotional you know and right. Before it used to be an attack. You're you're so emotional. You're so emotional. Now, when people say it to me, it's like you, you're damn right I am exactly, and that's part of that is my strength. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, because I, I do think you know I don't have any empirical evidence for this, but it's my observational um, belief over 25 years or 30 years of working as a healer that there are just as many empathic men as there are women. I don't think there's a difference, you know, between genders here. Like there, it's not like, oh, all, all empaths are women and women only. And I think it's kind of a miracle actually that you've got six men in your healing center. Congratulations <laughs> on opening, on opening uh, your healing center, by the way. But, you know, I, that's a miracle to me, even that you have um, men in there. So it, it makes me really happy. I really feel like um, that people like you can be kind of a beacon to other men to show that it's okay to be sensitive, you know, and that, that there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, that a lot of times we find our power, we find our superpower through acknowledging our vulnerability. And I do think it's very, very difficult for empathic men, harder in a way than it is for women because women have a little more leeway around being sensitive. Like it's, it's more okay for us to be emotional. It's more okay. Like we get a little more slack, you know, a little more permission to be like, whatever, even if we're an emotional hot mess, you know, um, and, and men just have had, you know, especially I think of older generations, it's a little different for the real young, young men that are coming and have also a little more leeway there. But, you know, in our generation, it was like, stop crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> you like, yeah. you know, like kind of that stuff. And um, I've heard that many times. Yeah, of course. <laughs> exactly. And 
it just wasn't considered manly to to be that and it that's so not true that's so like we really need to define masculinity in a different way um that includes vulnerability includes sensitivity and that you know empaths people people without empathy are a problem they're a problem that that that's where we get energy vampires that's where we get you know narcissists psychopaths sociopaths so you know have i my hope is that um people like you can help spread the word to other men that that it's really all right that you know you're allowed to be in touch with your feelings and that that's going to make the world a better place yeah thank you and and, and that has been one of the one of the biggest things that, that i work with because when i do work with um I, I work in the health and fitness industry a, a lot mm. um and so I, I work with a lot a lot of like, like the alpha type male the, the gym personal trainer kind of guys and when, when i meet them they, they're they're so full of themselves that narcissistic um feeling and when i walk in and i i bring the divine feminine into things and i'm like look it's okay to care it's okay to cry it's okay to do this and they're like no that's weak um and and then when they see me and they get to know me they realize that i'm not weak you know because right. you know I, i'm very assertive and, and somebody asked me once they're like well aren't you afraid of being um because i'm gay and going into certain neighborhoods uh in the 80s and 90s especially you know there was, there was gay bashing and things like that and mm. so i made a comment to me a couple of years ago they were walking afraid that you're going to get beat up for being gay i'm like no not at all so because i can handle myself you know right. and you know i know jujitsu I, I i have my concealed carry come at me <laughs> yeah, that's, so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome dave you know <laughs> me too i was a martial artist did you know that yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I studied martial arts um, right off the bat. Like, well, I wanted to be a Jedi Knight. That was kind of like yeah. when I was a kid. I was like, <laughs> it was what I, how I could figure out how to do that. But also, I didn't want to be afraid. I didn't want to be afraid yeah. of the. I didn't want to walk through the world in fear. You know, yeah, exactly. so I I learned martial arts when I was young. Um, I'm sort of counterphobic. Like anything, it makes it kind of pisses me off to be afraid of things. <laughs> so I'm like, I lean into it and I like learn it until I'm not afraid. You know, I'm gonna jump out of that airplane. To me, that's liberating, but I, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. And I'm so glad that you're, you know, I think men can learn that there's a difference between weakness and vulnerability, mm -hmm. you know, and that that vulnerability is like our real power comes through allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, to be, um, I think we have to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to be vulnerable to truly connect with another person. You know, so if we want connection, intimacy, um, you know, love and and contact with somebody, we have to be we have to put the walls down. Yep. Right. Enough to connect. And that that can be really scary. I think that's the thing. It's it's terrifying for people until they learn that it's safe. And you're somebody showing people that it's safe. Yeah, uh, and, and the biggest way that I found that it's safe is realize that they need to do it with themselves first. You, you know, an empath is so hard on themselves. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. you, you know, for, first it's like, you don't understand your gift and then you don't understand whether it's your emotion that you're feeling or the person next to you's emotion. Right. And, and then you're trying to figure all this out. And, and then when you realize and you come into your gifts and you're like, I'm here to help people. And then it's like, well, I'm here to help people, but I'm not worthy of charging for it because it's a gift. And, you right. know, and, and then they go through all these different emotions and they have mm -hmm. absolutely zero boundaries. And in your book, you talk about you know the importance of a boundary and how to set a boundary 
Um, can you give us a little bit of information about that to help people who are listening today to, to understand what a boundary is and how important they are? Sure. Yeah, it's such my favorite topic and it is very mysterious to empaths. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing, <laughs> what do you mean? What does that even mean, Lisa? Like, what is a boundary? Like, um, and the first thing that I always want to tell empaths is that you absolutely have permission to set a boundary, um, that it's okay to say no. So they're, they're, the simple answer is it's all the ways that we say no. And that saying no to other people is a way of saying yes to ourselves, right? That, that was and, my favorite page in your book when you talked about, you gave like eight or nine different ways to say no. And you said, my go-to yeah. is no thank you. No, thank I you. loved that. Yeah, no, thank you. And I, I actually learned that day by looking in the mirror and practicing them over and over until I felt comfortable saying them. So now I can look people in the eye and say, no. I, and you, I think as empaths, we need to find a lot of very nice ways to say no, kind ways to say no. And I think we, even before we get to the point where we can say no, we have to understand that we have permission to, and we have to learn how to feel whether we're a yes or a no, because we can't tell. You know, when, I, when I'm in front of somebody that's really has a need, um, because I can feel what they need, I, and, and it, when we get merged in energetically with somebody, we're like, oh my God, they need it so badly, and they're in so much pain, they're suffering so much, of course I'm going to say yes in the moment, of course I am, because as empaths, we're kind, compassionate people, we really, really deeply care, and we can help, we want to help. Um, so I had to learn to get away from that person, like literally not be in the same room with them. Like, and, and I learned to say, okay, I can, can I, um, let me get back to you tomorrow. That was my thing. I never say yes or no in the moment. Cause if I do that, I always say yes. And then I'm like, why did I do that? You know, like, oh, you know? Um, so I'm like, okay, let me get back to you. Um, I, get I gotta check my calendar and I'll get back to you tomorrow, right? And then I have to sit alone in a room with my calendar and like do some deep breathing and be like, really think about like, am I a yes or a no? Is, um, is this in alignment with me? Do I have time for this? Whatever. Like, and if I feel it, I can't feel that in myself if I'm around other people. Does that make sense to you? No, it, it, it totally does. And, and in fact, I use a version of that myself. I've been using it for years. It's um, someone will ask you something and, and they're like, well, I need an answer right away. I said, well, if you need an answer right away, the answer is no. But mm -hmm. if you let me think about it, get back to you tomorrow, I'll, I'll, well, I'll let you right. know. And I do that a lot. And so people who know me, they know that now. They're like, okay, I want you to think about this. I'm like, okay, I'll let you know tomorrow. But right. um, that immediate gratification that, that they feel that they want this yes or no answer, you know, that, that's on them, not on me. And, mm -hmm. and, being, and one thing that I've done is uh, I had a coach once who taught me that I'm happiest when I am in awe, A-W-E. And so she says, I need you to think about just something that you're going to do for someone or for something and be in awe in it. Because if you do something for someone and you don't want to, you're giving them your negative energy and then you're not healing them. And I was like, right. I've never thought of it like that, you know, and, and that was really good for me because it's like, I don't want to hurt anybody by saying yes. So that yeah. is what, that was one of my triggers that helped me say no more often. Well, I had this, a very similar revelation that um, I, I don't think anyone can trust you unless you can say no. You're not really trustworthy unless you that. can say no. Yeah. Um, because it feels as an empath, right? We know how terrible it feels if somebody says yes when they mean no. Because we can it feels gross. Like, you know, it's it's unsettling, it's upsetting, it puts a weird energy inside the relationship because then you're like, oh my God, he said yes. Did he mean yes? Did he mean no? But he said yes, but I can really feel like it's not that he's now cranky and mad at me. Like, you know, we, like we get this whole, um, uh, 
it, it's like an energetic mismatch, which is really challenging for empaths when people say something that's different from the energy that they're holding and that short circuits an empath, like, you know, snaps a few circuits in there and feels gross. So we're not actually doing anyone any favors by lying, basically lying. Right. Um, and, and saying yes, when we need, we, we need to, we need to know with our deepest hearts that there are people's energies congruent, that your no is your no and you're in, and it's all the way through or your yes is your yes. And it's all the way through when, when we can trust somebody's yes and no, we can really trust them. Yeah, it, it's funny. I was doing a talk one time about not being able to say no. It's like, I have such a hard time. And and my husband was in my office with me and he was over at his computer and I got off and I was all done. And he just turns around. And he's like, you certainly have no problem telling me no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, huh? <laughs> well, like, good just, for you. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, I was just listening to everything you said. He's like, you have no problem telling me no when I want you to do something. I'm like, oh, yeah. I guess I need to take that into my everyday life. <laughs> so it was, really, it was really funny. Um, in your book, you talked about energy vampires. And yeah. I, I love that term. Can you, can you help our listeners today um, understand what that means and maybe how to identify one in their life if they have one? Sure. Yeah. And there's a couple of different kinds um, of energy vampires, but I think that the ones that jump to mind most that people have the most problems with are what I call the predatory energy vampires. And they're really like the hardcore narcissists, you know, and that, and I think of like empathy and narcissism as a continuum, right? A polarity. So we have empaths on one side, they're givers, helpers, caretakers. Um, my friend Eileen McKissick calls them electron donors. Like we give we give electrons. Um, she's um, she's I, I a scientist. She, and, isn't yeah, she great? She was on my yeah. show. Yeah, she was on my show. I, I, yeah, she's, she's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and then we have the the electron stealers or the electron ta takers that she calls them, and um, and that's people who just are takers, right? So we we often go into a relationship like, as far as an empath over here you are, you're going to kind of have an opposite. -y, you know, narcissist on the other side, we could just actually swap the word narcissist for energy vampire and, and yeah. really understand, like most people understand what that is. And, and there are people that, and there's sort of like a continuum there too. There's people that are, have like kind of baseline narcissism. It's not a pathology, but it's just their nature. And then we have like narcissistic personality disorder, which is really a problem. And then we get into the really deep, you know, psychopaths and sociopaths, which, you know, are really, really a problem. And it, um, we've all had encounters with somebody somewhere on that continuum um, and they're everywhere. So it's impossible to really get away from them. Um, but really where the problems are like on the psych, when you get to the psychopathy, like somebody who's a psychopath and has no remorse, has no, um, caring about you they're the total opposite of you and a lot of times empaths because we can't conceive of that we don't actually it's so hard to wrap your head around the fact that anyone could be like that um that we often fall victim to being in a relationship whether it's a romantic relationship whether it's a boss or a colleague or even a family member um and we end up trying to sort of pour so much love on them that like as if we could fix them as if we could um change them like um, if, if we give and give and give somehow they'll love us back or they'll, you know, they'll be there for us. And it, it's a little bit like, you know, and cutting out, a cutting out a, a vein and like pouring blood on the sand, you know, because they're like energetic black holes. There's no yeah. way to fill them up without, yeah. even though we could, we would want to. Yeah. And, and it, it, it sucks because I have people, I've had people like that in my life 
Mm -hmm. I've had people in, late in life that I was able to cut out. And I have people in the, my life that I wasn't able to because they're family, you yeah. know, and, and, and different things with, with different extended family that I, that I used to have. Sometimes you, you can, but then at like family get togethers, it's always something. Right. So I had to learn how to shield myself and, and yes. to, to basically to, to do that. And when I read your book, you talk about how to protect yourself, how to do this. And one of the neatest things you said was eye contact to yeah. where, where when you make eye contact with them, that, that they take more of your energy. Um, and I never realized that un, un, until I read your book about how true that is. Uh, and, and it's creepy because I, I was with someone the other day and I, I realized I just avoided eye contact. And it was like, I, I, I know I kept more of my power in that right. situation where in the past I would have. And I was like, go, go Lisa, go Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tip. I'm glad that worked for you. Yeah. I mean, I've done that in so many places because a lot of times like my, um, my, uh, my routines that I call for the energy management basics are meditating or breathing or, you know, like go inside your energy bubble. And we can't always do that on the fly. Like, mm -hmm. you know, some, some, you can't be like, excuse me, time out. I need to like <laughs> stop this conversation and go in my energy bubble. Like, <laughs> like we, we don't always have that possibility. Right. Although I do sometimes duck into the, the restroom as a, like, let me re reset yeah. myself, you know, but the eye contact is really good. And if you, um, also, you'll know you need, you'll know you need to do this when you have the impulse to cross your arms over your solar plexus. Like when you get around people and you have to cover your solar plexus, that um, energy vampires will hook us there. They use like energy cords and energy hooks to kind of like, I don't know, and you'll feel it uncomfortable. You'll feel vulnerable and uncomfortable and want to cover that part of you when an energy vampire is around. Um, and they, they, they can be extremely charming, you know, they're, they're con artists basically in a lot of yeah. ways. So they can, and they can morph into, they're usually very psychic. And so they can tell um, who they need to change into like actors, you know, like they're like method actors. They're just going to morph into seem, seeing, seemingly like the person you need or want them to be um, until they hook you. And then, the, then, they're, then they start the process of draining you. But if you're just dealing with one on the fly, then not looking them in the eye is a good thing. And if you look at the at the eyebrow or right here or you know here on the eyebrow, it will seem like you're looking into somebody's eye without actually doing that. You know how like the snake, like the snake will kind of like yeah. pain you with an eye, and then you're like, eh, right. you know, yeah. that it's a little bit of the snake and the mouse with the empaths and the energy vampires. Yeah, it 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 really is. Um, it, it's that tough in times and. And, and we always feel, um, you know, growing up that, that it, we, a lot of times as an empath, we don't feel uh, like we have a place and we don't fit in. So when we mm -hmm. meet a narcissist or an energy vampire and all of a sudden we fit in because they've morphed into what we need, right. it, makes, it makes us feel special and it just makes us vulnerable. Yes. And, and for me, I've identified it with like when someone says, oh, I'm really good at sales or I'm, I'm the top person in sales is like, I like my red flags go up it's like okay keep an eye on this, this person to make mm -hmm. sure that they're not trying to use that ability on me for, for certain things and a lot of time if you're that good at sales you can sell anything you got that used car salesman attitude and then you, you can morph into that thing so um, yeah, that, yeah I've, I've, no, I've noticed that that pattern um you know in, in the whole in sales things. industry like not to diss an entire industry but um because we need we need sales it's it's an important function but I, I was real, um, you know, I went through so long without actually watching um, commercial TV 
I'm sort of a Netflix girl and, you know, Amazon and stuff. So I, and then just recently I was watching um, commercial TV with commercials on it. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, these are like hip, they're putting you into some sort of hypnotic state in order to like, um, you know, manipulate, manipulate you into buying something or getting something. And I'm like, it's like the energy vampires of, of TV. And I, I think the same thing is sensitive. We have to be very careful about how about those influences, not only from commercials, but from social media, you know, that we can be highly um, hurt by social media, highly susceptible to that. Um, and part of our psychic self-defense needs to be like limiting our contact with that. Yeah. And you, um, you teach classes and you have programs in order to help empaths, is that correct? I do, yeah. So I have actually a free class right on my website. If you go to my website, which is lisacampion.com, um, you can sign and you sign up for my newsletter. You get a free four-hour class on how to how, all the things that we're talking about right now. Oh um, wow, that's awesome! Yeah, including like how to deal with energy vampires, how to how to do the ground clear and protect meditations and exercises that I do. That's a freebie. I also have a, a longer class that I'm starting next week or in two weeks. That's a much deeper dive, ten weeks long. Um, really going deeply into um, into these topics to master those. Um, you know, how to, how to really hold your energy, how to re, how do we really do it? Um, so I, those are the two things I have the free thing. And then I have a much longer program for people okay. that want to deep dive into it. I, I, love that. Uh, I, th- I think one final question I have for you is I know, um, a lot of parents who are empaths. Yes. And they have children and one or two of the children may be empathic as well. Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of chaos in that, in the house because of that and and i know a, a father who is a, a, an empath and he is raising a son who is an empath and the two of them just are not gelling you, mm. you know the, the boy is 16 um and he's trying to to come into his own he doesn't understand and the father is is a healer and, and all this thing but he's not understanding that as well because they don't know which emotions have you come across that in your in your studies about, about parenting an empath and how yeah any any tips for them yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Um, that's also the chapter that got knocked cut cut out of my book when I when I did that. I wrote a whole chapter on parenting and pathic teens and children, because and it is a very tricky thing, you know. And and what I can say is that I I think there's sort of like often a spiritual contract that's here, and that the the parents has an opportunity will be called into learning their own skills. So that father should go and train as much as he can about his own empathic nature. Um, and that there will be an opportunity to teach usually by modeling, not by direct, especially like with little kids, you can teach directly. This is like my little son who was so empathic. He, um, he had asthma and he would get an asthma attack right before we go into Kohl's or like supermarket or he'd be like, and I'd be like, okay, buddy, put your bubble on, you know, and be inside your bubble. Like he could do that. But as a teen, maybe not, but teens learn mostly through modeling as we model, they learn. Um, and that a lot of times the kids are more psychic, more empathic. The same things hold true for psychic children. Um, there's usually a psychic parent that's avoiding it mm-hmm. and not, not going there. And the child is like the bait. It's like the one thing I will do anything for my children, including learning how to manage my own psychic nature or learning how to use my own, manage my own empathic nature. And when they do that, it's a huge benefit to both parties. So in that case, they want um, the parents want to learn the most they can about their okay. own selves and then 
share through modeling and teaching what they know with our kids. That's awesome. Okay, cool. I, I, well, he asked me to ask that question today because I told him you were going to be on the show. And he was like, ask, ask good questions. He has any advice for me. So I'm sure yeah, when he, li he listens to this, he, he would like that. But uh, Lisa, it has been an honor having you on the show today. Oh my gosh. It is just, like I said, when I, your book is so good. Uh, I just pulled up your website and I'm looking uh, at it. I, I'm going to put the link into our show notes today. Uh, guys, if you guys are, are listening, check out her site. She's got some amazing stuff on here. That free class that she's talking about it is, is definitely get the book, take the free class is a mm. high, high recommendation if you're an empath. Because one thing that we need as empaths is, is we need a, a little bit of a, a grounding and we need a little bit of a shining star and we need mentors. And if we think that we can do it all ourselves, it, it's not like that. The whole part of us being part of a collective or, or connection is that, that we have each other. And there are empaths who are new and younger who you have you have um, people from, that you can rely on, you, you know, from multiple generations here. So please know that we're there for you. Um, again, reach out to Lisa, reach out to me if you have any questions. I'll put her social media information in the show notes as well. Send us both questions if you have it and know that you've got two people who are here to help you. So thank you so much for listening today.